Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from, whether you're watching the live video or listening to the podcast or the video after the fact, we're glad that you're here. Just as a couple of reminders, we're going to be talking to Diana Howells today about on-camera presence, which I am looking forward to fixing some of this uh, and helping you as well to get better with your on-camera presence. But before we do that, just a reminder, you can always subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you like and rate and do all that stuff on the podcast as well, because that helps us know that you like what you're getting. And if you've got comments, feedback, suggestions, you can email. I know email's an old thing, right? But you can email us at the visual lounge, all one word squished together at techsmith.com. We'd love to hear from you. Love to hear what you think. You can also send us suggestions, guest ideas, things like that. We'd love that. Or you can always just tag us on your favorite social media platform. There is a good chance that TechSmith is there and we are always listening. So, all right, with that said, let's get into today's show. Now, you know, I, I realize many things I've prepared for today's show. I don't know that I put the right thumbnail up here. So you're gonna have to listen to me and watch me read it for a second as I introduce Diana. So Diana Howells is an award-winning speaker, author, and international virtual trainer who brings 25 years of experience in the learning industry. As a virtual expert, she has conducted live online trainings for clients since 2000 and has taught virtual classes in more than a dozen countries. Diana is currently CEO of Howells Associates LLC. She's earned her master's from Colorado State University and holds a BA in communication and business. She is a frequent presenter at international and national in-person and virtual conferences. Her, her now, not upcoming, but her now released book, Next Level Virtual Training, was released on May 3rd and is available on Amazon and on her website and, and various other places because I went out and I looked at it. And I can tell you, I've seen Diana speak in various events and, and things, and she is a fantastic, knowledgeable speaker, and we are privileged to have her here. And so welcome, Diana, to the Visual Lounge. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, thanks for being here and congratulations on the launch of the book. Yeah, it's such a, always a big deal to do something like that. Oh, we're thrilled. Yeah, we're so excited. So just two days ago, it officially launched. That's, that's awesome. And we'll talk about that in just a second. So. I often say to my guests when they come on the show, bios are great. They have lots of the like structural, like here, I did this, I did this, I did this. Is there anything else we should know about you before we get into today's topic? Well, I think I've had a lot of different backgrounds with multimedia. So for example, I actually studied screen acting in Chicago. And so a lot of how I think about being in the frame, I was actually influenced by that screen acting class. I had a instructor who would always say, how big is your frame? And so when we would shoot a scene, you would know whether you were getting a close up or a medium frame or a full shot. So I think that sort of awareness has definitely influenced how I think about uh, working with other folks when they're on camera and doing virtual learning, for example. You know, when someone asks me, how big is my frame? It's not usually a compliment <laughs> to me. How big is your frame? <laughs> but but I, I love that. And I love that you're bringing that to the world that's uh, more kind of informational kind of communication rather than just uh, screen acting. I think there's a lot of crossovers and although mm -hmm. that's not mutually like applicable uh, mm -hmm. and this, this definitely seems like one. Um, I want to, we'll talk about, uh, I want to make sure we give it just a second to talk about the book. We'll talk about it a little bit more at the end, but real quick, because it's such a big deal and it just happened. Tell us the premise of your book. 
Yeah, so really the idea was to really help everyone as the world really transitioned into doing virtual training, right, wherever we are in the world. And so to really help move and elevate us to the next level, meaning advanced skills. So going beyond the basics and to really help virtual facilitators grow in their own skills, uh, I introduce a capability model. So it outlines eight areas of expertise where virtual facilitators can really work on growing their skills, reskilling, and just really as a group, as facilitators, elevating, right, the level of quality and hopefully, ideally, the effectiveness of all the virtual training that we've been doing since um, the pandemic sort of introduced the whole world to this this wonderful new way of communicating and uh, teaching and learning. Yeah, well, it sounds great and it sounds like it's perfectly timed because now that people are like settled and getting settled into some of their routines, they can they can move forward and, and really start skilling up. We, we use the phrase level up all the time on the visual yeah. lounge, so it sounds like a great right. way to, to level up. You know, I, I got the idea of leveling up watching the Jumanji movie. So have you seen the, the newest release? So, you know, there's the first one, which is hilarious. If our viewers haven't seen it, you have to watch it. And then, of course, there's the next one, which is the next level. And that's actually when I thought about uh, that phrase, which is so appropriate for, for this uh, particular genre, too. Absolutely. So so let's move into our topic about uh, this idea of being having on camera presence. And for you, what what does that mean, really? Because I think r regardless if you're making lots of video for like, you know, training purposes or learning purposes or communicate, we're all on video way more than we ever used to be because of the virtual world that you just talked about. So what does it mean to have kind of on camera presence? Yeah, that's a great question, Matt. So really, presence is this idea of this shared community. We have this felt sense of being together, even though we're not, right? So we're in, you and I are in different states. We're both in the same country, but in different states. But if we can establish this connectedness with each other, that's really what we're trying to do. And so when you think about all of the ways we interact on camera in virtual platforms, you might do a job interview on camera. You might lead a meeting in Teams and be on camera. You might do a virtual presentation on Zoom. Uh, you might lead a class through virtual training. So, so many different ways to present ourselves on camera. And as you know, Matt, and as our viewers know, it only takes a few seconds to make an impression. And so to put our best foot forward and to really come across as our best selves, there are things that we can keep in mind to help establish that connection, but also to make sure we have a professional uh, on-camera presence with, with others when we're communicating online. So, okay, since you brought up this, we have a few seconds to make a connection. I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, and I, I have opinions about this too, but why does it matter? Like, yeah. are, are, don't you just get kind of what you get? Like you turn on the camera, that's, you, this is what you get. I, I'm sorry to all my coworkers <laughs> at TechSmith. They get this, this here, right? Like, and that's what you get. And so, so for, from a professional standpoint, why, why do you feel like that matters going into whether it's a presentation or just you're in a meeting with your coworkers? 
Yeah. Well, there is a lot of grace. There's grace for attendees for sure. But I would say if you're a leader in your organization, if you are the trainer, virtual trainer, or virtual facilitator, if you are a manager, if you are a supervisor, if you are the one doing the virtual presentation, you want to influence those with whom you work. And actually how you come across builds rapport helps people establish immediately whether they're going to keep listening or not listen to you. Uh, you're building connection, you're building relationship, building credibility, building rapport. All of that matters, right, in terms of your message or working with your staff or working with your learners. So it does make a difference if you're in sort of those leadership roles. But I would say for the, the rest of the folks, if they're attending a meeting, yes, I mean, it does matter, but maybe it doesn't matter as much as uh, those who are in those leadership roles. Okay. So um, with that, I think a lot of times, and what we've probably found out is that there are a number of us, uh, and I may not be included in this number, there are a number of us who being on camera is like the worst thing that could ever happen to them. And even in, in many leaders, I see this, right? The, there's this discomfort that comes along with a lens in front of them. And I think it creates this barrier. So I'm curious for you, let's kind of like, let's start breaking this down, right? Like we got to get this to better presence. It's important. It, I think it, like you said, it establishes kind of credibility, establishes who you are. So if I'm someone who doesn't like the relationship with the camera that I have, what do I do? Because to me, that's I. It's the same thing with people's voices. They I hear all the time people don't like their voices, right? Like, and I don't want to be recorded. Well, yeah. I don't want to see myself and all the flaws that I have going on, <laughs> and the camera. So, what what could we do? What could a leader who's uncomfortable do at that point? Yeah, well, that's a that's a great question too, Matt. So, really, one thing that you can think about is when you first come on camera, you of course want to frame yourself in the shot well, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit. How to do that? well, but then there are many video conferencing platforms now that allowed you allow you to hide self view. Because what happens is we get distracted, we're drawn to our own image. And that's because when we look in the mirror, it's so familiar to us, we're used to seeing ourselves in the mirror. But when we look at ourselves online, it's so distracting. And I've seen that in hybrid or what I call live mixed learning situations too, where we have in-room and online participants. And some of my in-room folks have said that, oh, I feel uncomfortable seeing myself on camera. So it's super common, very normal, but turning on that hide self view once you're framed correctly is a great way to not distract yourself, but it is important for establishing connection relationship, remembering that you're there having a presence right in that meeting or in that um, virtual facilitation class, um, very important to be on camera because we found, you know, when we are off camera, when you're out of sight, you're out of mind. And I'm thinking about this, especially for some of those hybrid meetings, right? So really important to have the camera on. Now, do you need to have the camera on all the time? Absolutely not, um, but certainly for certain certain points of interest absolutely and i call those points of interest purposeful connection moments yeah i i love that and and it's you know i think it's definitely difficult i'm gonna call spades spade here i i have my camera set up here right it's i'm looking directly here i have you over here because this is the way cameras work uh it's because i don't have a webcam i'm not looking at the screen and it is it is always and 
it's always easier just to look ahead and see me and I see like, oh, I'm reacting. So I, I understand I'm calling a spade a spade. It's easy for me to do that. Now, yeah. the, I think, think the reminder maybe we want to remind people is you hide yourself. You're still, if you're still on camera, but hide yourself, don't forget you're on camera. You're still on camera. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. But I fe- I've seen people, you know, so part of the screen fatigue there's a number of reasons for that. One is you are absorbing all of these different three inch boxes and they all have different backgrounds unless you're using like an immersive view uh, or together mode uh, on some of the platforms where it puts all of your faces in the same shared background. But if it's not like that, you're taking, you're processing all of that. Plus you're looking at yourself and you feel like everyone is looking at you. You feel like you're on stage. And sometimes when people feel like they're on stage, they feel like they have to perform. So maybe at home or wherever you are right now listening, if you have ever nodded more or felt like you were nodding more because you're on camera, you can sort of raise your hand at home. But I know I certainly have caught myself doing that too. There's this sort of Uh, compulsion to perform when you're on camera, like we're nodding and we're more animated. And of course, all of that gesturing and expression is very good, but you want to be who you are and you want to be real and you want to be authentic. But there's this kind of need to, oh, you know, (laughs) nod more often. So again, hiding the self-view that some platforms allow can be a helpful way to get that distraction out of there, knowing that you've established your frame first and you fill the frame well, and then you can turn it off. Yeah. Well, I love the authenticity portion of it, right? I think that's uh, really important. I, I also understand that like the need to perform because it's like, yep, I need to show yeah. I'm paying attention. I'm focused. Right. The animated. I, yeah. Yeah. Got to, got to, got to move around, do a little bit. Yeah. So, so the question I have with, with that is, so we've been talking a lot about kind of like in virtual, that's a very, it's awesome stuff. And it's virtual meeting stuff. From from that perspective to like, I'm gonna make a pre-recorded video. I'm gonna do something that's not live where no, I don't have to worry about someone watching me. Is is the camera presence different or should I be per- performing or uh, being in a kind of a different space when it's something that's gonna be like pre-recorded versus like it's a live meeting? I think both are important, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. curious if, if you've seen a difference in kind of the way you would approach that. I I think so. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a lot of our learning and development listeners today, they know the most important thing is knowing your audience, right? And then what is my goal? What is the effect I want to have? And so when you're in a virtual meeting, that's very different. You might be influencing them to adopt a budget, to move forward with a project, to make a decision, to brainstorm. That's a different kind of thing. But think about what effect do I want to have and uh, what kind of presence do I need in that meeting to be influential? But as you're talking about, Matt, kind of that pre-recorded video, that is a little bit different. It probably, it could be instructional, it could be informative, but usually you would have talent who feels very comfortable on camera because you you do want to have that established rapport. And usually we sort of perk up their energy a lot more. Uh, as a colleague of ours once said, think Disney World. So it's very energetic. <laughs> and uh, so that is a little bit different, right? Because that's one person talking to the camera. I like to think about it as an audience of one. There are many out there all over the world, but audience of one. So it still can have kind of that intimacy, uh, but it, it, it is a different field. Does that make sense? So thinking about the effect you want to have. As I nod along, yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Nodding, yeah. <laughs> one of our, our, our guests from uh, the past show, Andrew Kahn, he said something that I, I love in an interview we did with him. He said that it's not natural to be in front of the camera. We shouldn't expect 
it to be natural. But I do think the the world that we live in has, has given us this place where you, you mentioned, you know, you want someone who is comfortable. But I think the, the world we live in is it's like, well, kind of everybody has to have some comfort level, right? right? And, and I'm just wondering if I kind of similarly, if I'm that uncomfortable person, are there things or activities I can do, steps I can take to start getting more comfortable with with the present besides just the frame, right? The frame is important, but that kind of internal monologue I might have with myself, or are there things that would help me to start to overcome maybe a little bit of that discomfort? Maybe I'll never be uh, a professional on camera in terms of professional as in like an, an actor or something like that. But do you have activities or things that you suggest to people when they're like, maybe your CEO or, or a senior leadership team member needs to be on there. Someone important that's got the expertise, but they're like, they get really nervous. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's so true. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of our viewers today are thinking, yeah, that's been my experience. So as is true for anything, the more experience we have, the more practice we have, that certainly can help. But I know some people, and you probably too, do too, who have been online for two years, but still hate the camera. So it's, it's more when you think about it, it's not about me. I think when you put the focus on you, that creates sort of this angst that doesn't need to be there. So it's about, you think about that camera lens as the conduit to your audience, to your colleagues, to your direct reports, to your learners. And, and when you think about them as the conduit, and actually seeing their videos there too helps you to break through that. It's about always connection, building relationship, establishing uh, where you want to, to take the group. What do they need to learn? What do we need to practice? So um, part of that is, you know, the visual component is so important as John Medina talks about in his book, Brain Rules, that visual sense trumps all other senses. So there really is, um, often a better feel for presence when we when we do have our cameras on. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I will say that we we reference John Medina uh, actually about every couple of weeks, it feels like. Yeah, his, so we're his, right on schedule then. Right. It's perfect. We didn't plan that at all. Uh, <laughs> but I but I love that, right? Like understanding that the the the, the use the word conduit, right? The lens is the conduit to your audience. And I think understanding that just as much as an email could be a conduit to your audience or, you know, a visual or whatever it might be. But I, so I love that, that kind of thinking in that path that like the camera is not the enemy here. The camera is yeah, only yeah. showing what it shows. It is the reality. Unfortunately, if you don't like the reality, that's not the camera's fault. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I used to do voiceovers and obviously Matt, you do a lot of those. I'm sure our viewers do too. And I've coached people on voiceovers and sometimes I'll grab a picture of a person and I'll put it right next to the microphone and I'll say, you are delivering this script to this person. We give them a name uh, and, and it's sort of a conversation, right? Because that helps people realize when there's just this faceless audience, so that's without the camera, you you can sometimes sort of <laughs> have those props or prompts, uh, like a picture of somebody nearby to remind you, I'm talking to people, this is my conduit to all of the folks that are listening on the other side. Yeah, I, I love that advice that you can see them. Uh, we often, uh, some of our instructional designers, when they're doing tutorial videos, because the way we, it's, you know, they're doing their voiceover work and, you know, we tend to record line by line, you know, still one big recording, but they're breaking it up line by line. Yeah. And one trick that we've used 
to kind of keep the tone friendly and uh, kind of in the same vein as you go so it doesn't very wild, wildly is they'll say something like, hey, mom. And then they'll say the, oh, yeah. the, read the sentence. Oh, that's great. So yeah, every, that. every line, hey, mom, you know. Right. Go, go click on relax. this. Hey, mom, yeah. now now move your cursor over here. You know, and, and that gets cut out. You know, no one should hear, hey, mom, <laughs> in the and <laughs> video. But it keeps kind of that same tone and friendliness That's going. right. That's right. I was working with a, an individual maybe two weeks ago, and she was trying really hard to try to come across professional, but it was actually making her not sound conversational. So I just said, pretend like you are leading a team meeting, which she has a beautiful conversational quality. And so we had her practice, like pretend that she was leading a meeting. And once she got in the flow, I said, that's it, go, go to your script. And then, you know, we caught yeah. her in that flow mode, right? So you just kind of work with people to get them get them where they need to be. Well, I, I think that's great advice because it does so often, I think, especially when it comes to reading a script, I, I feel like people like they, they want to go to that, like I'm reading out loud mode and they, yeah. they, they get tense and they, they don't, they're not as natural. It doesn't feel right. Even, even with a, on a teleprompter, right? People like, cause we're not practiced at it. <laughs> Oh, exactly. Or, you know, um, an optometrist told me once, too, that, you know, you have the deer in the headlights, so you see that camera, and for some people, they freeze, and we only blink, I think we're supposed to blink about, we naturally blink 20 <coughs> times in a minute. But when we look at screens, apparently, we only blink five times in a minute. So we have this sort of deer in headlights reaction, but that's probably also why we get <laughs> dry eyes. So it's just a very, it's different, right? It's not sort of the, the natural organic world, but, but it is a wonderful way to still leverage and connect in a global village uh, with technology. Technology has been the enabler. Yeah, I love it. Now I'm thinking about, all I can think about is how much I'm blinking. Am I blinking oh, yeah, enough? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Blink more, yeah. So, so Diana, we do take questions from our audience and we have one that came in that I think is, is a good time to ask the question. This is from Garth. Hey, Garth, we're so glad that you're here. Garth is a regular. Hi, we're we're, uh, we're glad he's here every week. So he, he's asking, he says, do you have a preference on standing versus sitting when on camera? He said, I find standing gives me more dynamic. Diamondism, dynamism. I, I'm I'm bad at reading online when I'm on a camera. Uh, when <laughs> you speaking, know what you mean. being yeah. dynamic, right? And and so I, I'm curious because and I'm going to add to his question a little bit because I think I think when you're doing like a pre-recorded piece, I I always prefer to stand. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious. So I'd, your interest, your thoughts on pre-recorded and then also in the virtual environment where it might be maybe different, strange to be standing. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that question. So standing naturally gives us more energy. And so if you have found that you have stood and you have more energy, then I would say definitely stand. Um, the same thing with gestures. You know, if you're using your gestures, hand gestures, that can actually help you communicate better. They are natural amplifiers. Think about when you're in a noisy restaurant and nobody can hear you and you say three and you naturally see like your fingers, uh, right? Illustrating what you need to say, or you shake your head no. So so all of those things can help bring energy too. So I would recommend that. I would be careful though. I have seen some virtual facilitators where they start pacing. So they're moving and they're actually going off camera. So we can talk a little bit more later, maybe about movement, but that can bring you the energy. Uh, for pre-recorded videos to your question, Matt, 
Uh, yes, I would definitely say stand. It really, when you sit down, you sort of lose some energy. And when you go through technology, it takes a hit as well. So I always like to recommend try to generate twice the energy you would normally have because it takes a hit as it travels through the screens. Yeah, I basically been told don't stand up because you have too much energy. So, you know, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm limiting That's myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, well, Diana, I want to I want to start getting into maybe of the kind of the little bit more of the practical how to things. Yeah. But where I want to start is maybe is a little backwards. Uh, I want to I'm curious because you've seen a lot of people. You've coached a lot of people. What are some of the kind of killer mistakes that you just see people make that takes away from good presence? And I think we've probably talked about them, but we'll, I'm, I'm curious, like, let's start with there because then we can maybe coach to how do we get better? Yeah, that's a perfect place to start. So, you know, you, our viewers have seen this too, and Matt, you've seen this too, but let's start with background. So technically you have something um, in your background that's maybe growing out of your head, or the one I see a lot is ceiling fans that just happen to be right above your head and worse yet, they're on. So they're spinning and they look like a beanie. It looks like you're wearing a beanie, uh, but what's wrong with that? Well, it distracts from you and your message. So imagine behind me today, if I had three bicycles, you would probably be looking at the background saying, well, what kind of bike, what kind of bike is she riding? Is that a, what is that back there? And, and what happens is your attention, your thought, your working memory is focused on the bikes and not on the message, right? And we know, especially for learning and development, learning absolutely necessitates attention. So we really do a lot to minimize distraction. So I would say that's one of the most common ones. The other error that's very common is lighting. Uh, people, you know, it's a video, video literacy is something that we're just learning. And most of us are growing in this area of being video literate, but lighting is one of the basics and people, we don't always realize how much lighting is required for good video. And Matt, you know this as a professional videographer, but sometimes uh, people will light from the back. There will just be a window that happens to be there where their office is, or they'll have ceiling lights on, which create like halos and are distracting, or they'll have a window to the side. The bright sunshine comes in in the early afternoon and you have this real hot spot on your face where you're just washed out. <laughs> and then the other side is in shadow or silhouette. Um, other errors include like where you frame yourself in the frame and I'll see if I can maybe demonstrate it. So they might truncate themselves right at the chin. They're off to the side. We only see their Here, face. You that see will, how that'll help like you. <laughs> super, thank you. It's a super awkward angle, right? When I used to odd truncations right there and, and I'm not really leveraging my real estate. I'm just kind of a little head um, in, in the back. And then of course we move differently on camera. So we don't move. It's not front to back. In person, we can move front to back, but on video, it's not because this is what happens. If I move toward camera, you see how everything grows gigantic and people will gesture and not realize that they are blocking their face or blocking the camera or they move really fast with their gestures and they think, oh, you know, but you're actually covering your face. So when we're communicating, when you think about how you learn language, where do we look? We look at eyes, we look at mouth, we want to see your face. So uh, does that help, Matt? Those are some of maybe the, the common errors. Those are awesome. And I see the comment from Jesse, our social media person. She's like, did Matt plant this answer? Because it just so happens. <laughs> 
next week, we are talking about lighting. Awesome. So, so we've got a whole episode of this show where right. I actually show off my lights. I show off a bunch of things like you just talked about the, you know, getting the lighting right, why you might want to get invest in lights is the second investment after your microphone. But yeah, so this yes. is this, all really great advice and things that like I know I do like I catch myself all the time doing things like I'm moving too fast, ah, mm-hmm. you know, or or uh, maybe not using my my kind of access here whatever access we'd call this x-axis whatever i use it maybe mm-hmm. inappropriately because i'm like excited i get excited yeah. on camera yeah um, right but it's it's those are easy mistakes to do and i you know it's it's interesting because none of those would maybe disqualify a video from being good like camera video from good but it definitely just dist- could be distracting from could be distracting exactly exactly and your graphics are beautiful today so i'm assuming you're you're you have a real green screen probably behind you and then computer graphics oh those are this is this is all real it's uh is it real oh i didn't realize that that is beautiful and not distracting so everyone can see how simple that is right simple and elegant and behind me too it's very simple too so when i use that example of bicycles my if i had bicycles in the room they could still be in the room. I just move them off camera. So it's the, you know, sometimes it's taking a plant and you just move it three feet over. So it's just kind of that space. And the reason it's so important is because a frame frames everything and it subconsciously communicates. Pay attention to everything within this border, this boundary. And that's why it matters. Uh, So again, it's just moving things out of frame if you need to, so that you are listened to and your message is heard. Yeah, for sure. I, well, I, I, I love that because I, I do know, like we talk screencasting a lot on this, this show and it's yeah. the same thing, right? Illuminate all the distractions, all the things that you don't want someone, you don't want to see what people seeing, what apps you're using or what toolbars, you know, all that stuff. And it, you know, same thing. And I, I, you know, I'm very purposeful and maybe not as organized as I'd like it, but all this stuff has meaning to me and it's just oh, kind of cool. visual, you know, kind of nicety. In fact, I'll just shift the camera a little bit. You can yeah. see I've got now a cool TechSmith cool. pillow. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. Uh, we all want one now. <laughs> soon enough, I will tell you ways, not not this week, but soon enough, there'll be ways for everyone to get their own TechSmith pillow. Perfect. Um, so so I love those as mistakes. and And so as I'm thinking about like, okay, uh, you know, let's pretend I'm your client and no, I'm not asking for free advice necessarily, but as we're framing our question here mm-hmm. and, and I come to you and say, okay, help me, help me get good at this. Mm-hmm. I, you know, mildly, oh, I'm okay, comfortable a little bit with on camera. Uh, I've, we can deal with the framing stuff. I've got, you know, studio, what steps should I be taking? Like, is there an order of operations here to make sure I'm getting good, uh, you know, like what, what would that look like in terms of you giving that advice to someone? Yeah. So, uh, that's perfect question. And what I would say is I have a mnemonic to help people remember what are the core important things that I need to think about when I am virtually presenting or in a virtual meeting or leading a session or teaching a virtual training. So, uh, my phrase is, clean up your on-camera image with bleach and bleach is the acronym so b-l-e-a-c-h b stands for background l stands for lighting e is expressions gestures body movement facial expression a is the angle 
C is clothing, and it also kind of ties into colors we wear on camera. And then H is headroom, which also ties into framing yourself. So that's kind of a, a quick and easy way to remember the mnemonic of the things that are most important to correct and work on to improve your on-camera image. Will you go through those words? You don't have to explain them again, but just go through them again. So it's background, background lighting. For B for background, L for lighting, um, E for expressions. So expressions of body movement, uh, hand gestures, facial Face. expression. Yep, all of that. Yep. Okay. And then A is angle. C is clothing. Okay. And then H is headroom. Love it. I, I, what a great analogy, like a not or anagram, anagram. No, what is it? Uh, I'm losing all my words, but yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, because, there acronym. There we go. I knew it was an A word. I acronym because, I, well, bleach. I think it's you think it be clean just for clean, clean. Yeah. yeah. So I, what, that's that's awesome. I love it, and I love yeah. all those things because as I as I think about, you know, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is like, um, you know like things you do before you get on camera, mm -hmm. right? There's the, we're ta we've talked a lot about being on camera. We've talked a lot about practicing and kind of the, the, having your presence and thinking about your audience, but the, particularly the background stuff. And then you've, we've just talked about, right? Like, how do you make sure this looks right? Um, you know, making sure your lighting is good. All things kind of steps that really only matter or they matter before you get on camera. So I, so yeah. I love this. Yeah, let's walk through it. So, so with B, right? So I would look and say, and sometimes even you can have a background that's conducive to whatever your topic is. So for example, if you are an attorney and you have a special message for your clients or your real estate agent, you might have something that shows your property, an attorney might have their, their desk. Like you, you think about to uh, the prof professionalism of your message. And there's obviously grace with the pandemic. There was lots of grace. Some people were in their laundry room, some people were in their bedrooms, their kitchen table. So grace with that. But as we move forward, right, we want to think about a professional space where I can work, where it's not distracting. So um, L with lighting, we, we've talked a little bit about that. Make sure you check out next week's uh, mm -hmm. session to learn more about that. But, you know, the common error is, seems to always be like lighting from the back. So just remember you're lighting from the front. You want soft, even lighting. You don't want to have half your face in shadow. So kind of, you know, from the front on both sides of your device. Um, the E part with expressions is, is really interesting. Some of the research is suggesting that if you are a bit more animated, again, I would caution you to be you, but that can that can be helpful to, to recipients and gestures, of course, too, but just, you know, kind of keep them within sort of pretend there's this plexiglass right here and keep them here so that they don't <laughs> grow gig gigantic and slow. Yeah, exactly right. We're going to be mimes now. <laughs> Yeah, and like slow, slow down movement because otherwise, right, it creates all these blurs. Um, the C is is interesting, right, with clothing and color. So, if again, if you're in a leadership position, if you're teaching a class VILT, if you are doing a presentation, you sol solid colors pop better. But the golden rule is dark on light, light on dark. So if I have a dark background behind me, I'm probably going to wear a light color. So I pop. If I have a light background behind me, I'm going to wear a dark uh, background. So I pop. So, you know, if I have an all white background, I'm not going to wear white. If I have an all black background, I'm not going to wear black. Otherwise, you just become a floating head. And then um, 
H would be the headroom. So I, I have this principle where I call it the three finger rule. I take three fingers. Everyone can do that now, wherever you are in the world. And then you kind of lay them flat and then you kind of put them right above your head. And so that should give you an idea. You look pretty good there, Matt. Give you an <laughs> idea of how much headspace. What happens is like, you know, people are way down here and they're, they're not leveraging their real estate. And it's just a very awkward, unnatural position. So you want to be centered in your frame and you want to just have a little bit, a small margin of headspace there because you're leveraging uh, the real estate you have. And uh, we can see shoulder and we can see we can see some gestures, too. Yeah. And uh, in the chat, Jane Davids just said in clothing, avoid checks and stripes, which uh, is, is a great, a great tip just because it creates your camera, depending on the camera, can create weird patterns and what's yes. called that? I think it's a, the moray effect. Or... It is. Yeah. That waviness. It looks like it's shimmering. It looks mm -hmm. like it's shimmering on camera. Yeah. Those fine lines. That's a great, great reminder. Great tip. So one, one, we, we didn't talk about angle and I want to talk about angle because oh, yeah. I think this is one that people get wrong. Cause I, and particularly with cell phones, they go to take a, a, a picture with the cell phone and I see a lot of kind of weird angles, um, <laughs> or, you know, or even angle, I'll, I'll, I'll also equate to distance. A lot of people, mm -hmm. what they do as soon as they go to take a picture or a video, uh, is that they, um, they'll step back. Right. And so what is it about angle? that we need to know is, is there a particular, is straight on the best? Do you want above? Do you want below? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is there a reason to do maybe change it up depending on what you're doing? Yeah, I'm going to step back a bit and I'm going to talk about when you go for a performance review and your manager meets with you, if they meet behind a desk, there's kind of this barrier there and it creates a different space, right? So we've also seen that in learning, in-person traditional classroom learning. If everyone is seated in rows, it creates a different space than when we're all in a U or a circle. Or um, so let's go back to the interview, the performance review. If that manager comes and sits at a round table with you and discusses, let's see what went well this year. Let's see what you can improve on. It's a different discussion because it feels like you're on the same level playing field. That's what we want to establish on camera through technology is this level playing field. And how do we do that? Eye contact, connection through the lens and this idea of being sort of eye level, this illusion of being eye level. So you're right, Matt, the co most common area that we see with angle is that somebody has the laptop usually, or a tablet on a desk below them. And so the person is projected sort of like this looming over the person who's watching. And what it feels like is that there's this larger than life person looming over you. It's not flattering for the individual because we call it the double chin angle. Some call it the nose pose. And the, but the, the, the really important thing to pay attention to is the recipient on the other end feels uh, it's an intimidating posture to us because you're <laughs> looking down at us. So again, we sort of change our interaction, change our behavior created on depending on how the space is created. If we can level set and have sort of eye contact at this at a similar level, we're better at establishing rapport. So raise up that laptop, find some sturdy supports, elevate that, change your uh, room around so that your hairline is kind of close to that camera lens. Matt talked about the cell phone. Just think about where, if you can get a tripod or if you can angle it in such a way that you can at least be more eye level. 
Yeah, I, I, I think this is where we can turn to film as has having set a lot of the standards that they'll off film will often shoot from below a character when they want to show that character in power. Right. They want to show that as yeah. a force dominant and it might not be yeah. a good power. It's usually not. In fact, it's usually a, a bad power. And they'll also then the kind of the other risk is when it's coming from above. It's also diminishing the size. And usually it's like showing like that they're not as strong or is as value. But then it's equal when it's kind of equal playing field. So I, I so I love that advice. And I think it's really great. The other thing I'll say is there's a big difference. And I know my audio gets a little weaker, but if I move back here. Right? This is very different. Yeah. yeah. And so going back to so the beginning, true. fill you your know, back in the Right. Back in the day, I went to, this is when Jay Leno was hosting The Tonight Show, but I was on the Jay Leno stage and they talked about how um, Jay Leno's seat was intentionally raised a little higher as host and guest seat was raised a little bit lower. But, you know, here we went to the the single shot here. But if we go back to a two shot, Matt, you know, it's important even for you and I to be like, if I was like this and you're where you are, like that just feels unsettling, right, for the viewer. So if you and I are kind of comparably spaced, that's really helpful. If you and I were in person together, when you're talking, I would look at you because mm -hmm. that directs focus, right? Because people would look at me, but I'm looking at you, which then makes them look at you. But when we were on camera, we can't really do that. But but notice the camera does the work. So Matt is the one who can go from a single shot to a two shot and back to a single shot. So directing focus, it's different on camera. Movement is different on camera, but we're just building relationship, building connection, establishing rapport and making sure that there's there's equity there. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, it's a it's a great way to think about it is equity. We're building uh, kind of level playing field for our level audience. Level playing field, yeah. And, and for, for us, really, we want, you know, we don't, unless you're trying to rule the world and dominate, <laughs> you know, so then, then you can, you know, angle up shots, but then you're looking at people's noses, it's no good. So, so, so Diana, this has been an awesome conversation. Hopefully everyone's getting some great takeaways and yeah, thinking about so their, their, their framing, their on-camera presence, things that they can do. Um, mm -hmm. Before we, we move into speed round, which is coming up just in a second, uh, why don't you do two things? One, tell us where people can connect with you. And two, remind us about the book. Sure. Absolutely. So, uh, Folks can connect with us on our website, which is www.howellsassociates.com. That's H-O-W-L-E-S, associatesplural.com. And the new book that just came out two days ago is called Next Level Virtual Training, and that is available on Amazon. You can also uh, link to Amazon from our website, so we have book links uh, in our website as well, but we have a I have a whole chapter dedicated to on camera competence uh, in chapter five, and then also there's another chapter dedicated to hybrid learning, which is what I call live mixed learning because it's live in real time, but it mixes learners from who are both online and on site, and that's a whole nother. Um, aspect when we talk about being on camera because you really have to have this camera awareness when you have online folks who are watching the in-room participants you have to make sure it's not just showing half of you or the back of you right so just having camera camera awareness of what is being projected so that everyone can be included and everyone can participate and have a, a great learning experience yeah, and uh, just so you know, we've got a great compliment for you in the chat that uh, Christy Cotavan, who's also been a guest on the show, says, Diana has zero filler words. 
awesome. <laughs> so you, I can tell you who practice, whereas he's probably thinking, I can't count that high when it comes to maths. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I call those vocalized pauses, right? Where it's we, we vocalize when we should be pausing. And I do I do say right a lot. I probably said that a lot today. That's my kind of my filler word, right? But we all have them. So we say okay or we say um and it's it's international. So people will say eem from you know other other countries. But I think as long as we're we become aware of it and just try to minimize it, the golden rule is as long as it's not distracting. Um, then we could be more effective when we communicate. Well, I, I love it. And, and th- speaking of communicating, we're going to jump into our speed round now. So, Diana, oh I hope you're ready. So here we go. And I've never heard these questions before. I'm just so going nervous. <laughs> all right. So all fresh new questions you're not prepared for. And so we just throw them at you. And good luck. Uh, don't Thank hate you. me afterwards. Okay. All right. We've asked you a lot of questions about being on camera. What do you think is an important off-camera skill people should develop? Oh, just related to anything? Open question. All right. Well, um, I think off-camera you should find something that fills you up because when you're working so hard and we've gone through so much in the past couple of years with adjustments, if uh, a nature walk fills you up, if walking the dog fills you up, if singing fills you up, if dancing fills you up, I would say off camera, do what is meaningful to you um, because you only get to live once. Sounds like a good plan. And we should go, we should go all do this after the show, (laughs) but stay for the show. Stay for the end. Next question. Uh, you have a great on-camera presence. There's no denying that. We just talked about your ability to not use too many filler words. What's something that you're still working on? Oh, I'm always working on something. I don't think we can never not be uh, finished, right, with our development journey. I think for me, I actually am trying to work on talking slower because sometimes I Usually those fast talkers, we know who they are. I'm a natural fast talker. So hopefully I didn't, oh, you too. So hopefully I didn't go too fast today, but that's something I've been working on. In fact, I was thinking about that before the show started. Take your time, go slower, um, because that's how we communicate more effectively too. Yes, and I have seen a study that did talk about that fast. A guy was talking about giving keynote presentations, Andrew Davis, uh, and he was reciting something that said that you actually want you don't want to be too slow. There's that like talking yes. faster draws people's attention because they're like, I've got to listen. I've got to pay attention. So, True. but yeah, you can vary balance. it, I think, right? Like slow down for those important points and then vary it with fast and then slow down again. So just not <laughs> Exactly. Okay. Uh, this is one of our kind of standard questions we ask everybody. Where do you turn for inspiration? Oh, well, I do love nature. So I'm, I'm someone who we live by a conservancy and I, I was there every day during the pandemic. I just love the the buds and the, the trees and the smell and the birds. And um, so I think whatever is your muse, it is important to, to find that for me, it's nature. And and when you're in that stillness and in those quiet moments, that when that's when creativity comes. When you're not looking for it is when creativity comes. And so, um, yeah, nature has been my my muse. Mine likes to creep up sometimes at like three in the morning. <laughs> oh yeah. It comes when you're, it's all, it's always inconvenient, right? <laughs> I'm not ready for this. I know. Now I have to go write it down or I'll forget it. Right. Okay, Diana, our last question for you, part of the speed round. What's a question you'd like to ask me? Oh, well, I just found out you're a father of four, which I didn't realize. So what is it like? I know Mother's Day is coming up this weekend, but what is it like to be a father of four? 
it has been wonderful and crazy and awesome. Uh, I mean, kind of all it's 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 always the best, but it's like a, it's a mix of things, too, because it's hard. You know, like I think anyone who has a relationship with people who are growing and developing knows that uh, my kids know um, they, they know I'd say this. So it's, I'm not telling them anything. They're going to find out somehow they are amazing and stupid all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and and I I love them, uh, but you know they're they're these little humans who have not learned to yeah. control everything, and now they're big humans. Like my my oldest is six three, and oh, you know in, he's in college and uh, is brilliant yeah. and doing great things. You know with his with his life as all my kids are. Um, mm-hmm. They're super talented, and you mentioned singing. One of them, actually, a couple of them are. Uh, very good at singers. One of them, my my ten year old who I love, he uh, he is just like the cr- most creative out of the bo- box thinker. Uh, I know Jesse who does mm-hmm. our social media. She can tell you because I tell like we play a game. We play Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons at work, which is cool. a very creative game. And my ten year old yeah. feeds me a lot of the ideas for like what we're gonna oh, do. And love it. Uh, my my players probably hate it, but you know it is. <laughs> so it's 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 exciting and fun. Um, and it's a it's a great challenge, and it's so cool to see people develop. It's a lot of things like I, why I like management and leadership, is yeah. you get to see these people grow into yeah. people who you would never like. Like I had no idea that my son would mm-hmm. fall in love. Well, he he lived in Mexico for seven months, and he fell in love with Spanish, and now he's going to go do his study abroad in Spain. And uh, you know, wow. his goal is to awesome. to help. Uh, refugees and immigrants uh you know as hopefully as a doctor if that's what he can end up getting into med school or whatever so i'm talking about rewarding so rewarding right and that's that's why i think we like l and d learning and development too because we we see people grow and develop and that's kind of that's kind of what we do just as parents too when we do that and see our kids grow there, there are some really awesome comments in the chat that I just want for the record, uh, for everyone who's going to see this later, they won't see the chat. Uh, so Christy Kodavan says, I'm a father for it's like being a father of 120. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Jesse quoted Jim Gaffigan says a great joke about imagine you're drowning and someone throws you a baby as, as about being a father of five. So uh, it is it is. Yeah, it's a it's a, you know, not something we talk a lot about here on the visual lounge, but I think. You know, it's part of all of our, we all have our life journey and it's, uh, it's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Well, Diana, thank you so much for joining us today. We're, we want everyone to go check out your book and, you know, we appreciate you taking the time sharing all your wonderful wisdom and, you know, I'm sure we'll get much more as we read your book. Thank you, Matt. You bet. All right, everybody. Diana Howell, isn't she fantastic? Gotten to know her over the last couple of years and I think we met in like 2016 at a conference and. Whew, it's awesome stuff to be able to reconnect with people and hear all the great things that they're doing. Now, speaking of doing great things, you can do great things too. And let us know what you're doing. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on the Visual Lounge. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go listen on the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Don't forget to email us, message us. We we really do want you to comment, like, like, listen, so we know that we're giving you guys content that you want to listen to. So with that said, wherever you are, whatever you might be doing, we hope you take a little time to level up and we'll see you all next week.